Thank you very much. You may be seated. Welcome back to the house of the Lord. And those of you online as well, we want to welcome you to the to Glad Tidings. And remember next week, 9 to 11, which means it is open seating here. You can also sit in MPA if it's full. Or, or, and those of you with families, those of you with young children, you can also go on over to Hall 1 for our service next week, okay? Because it's all going to be broadcasted to all the halls, whatever that's happening right here in this. So if you want to have a seat right in Mar you have to come that's right <laughs> early all right so then, but whatever it is is all, all over in the all the different halls that have been mentioned praise God so this morning we are at our seventh I think seventh seventh supernatural part of our supernatural series and we're here talking from Acts chapter 13 Last week, Pastor Sue preached on Acts chapter 13 as well, but verses 2 and to 4 only. And now I'm going to go on with it to from chapters 13, verses uh, 4, all the way to verse 12. Okay, so this is a very interesting, interesting portion of Scripture. And um, it is a shift of things in the book of Acts. Okay, so follow with me, okay? So chapters 1 to 12... The book of Acts generally is known as the Acts of the Holy Spirit or Acts of the Apostles. Okay, so because this was the start of the early church and how the Holy Spirit filled the apostles in Acts chapter 1 verse 8 and then it goes on to see what they have done, Peter and John, you know, and all the exploits they have done. Now, Acts chapter 13, there is a significant change. The significant change is this, that right from this point onwards, a lot of the focus of the ministry of what's going on is focused on the Apostle Paul. Okay? So earlier on, you will see a lot more focus on, on the Apostles, but from Acts chapter 13 onwards, there is a focus on the Apostle Paul, and it's also the launching, his launching into his first missionary journey, as what Pastor Su also mentioned last week. So he, the, right now, he is from, he's being sent out from the Syrian Antioch Church, right, which is the sending church, not the Jerusalem church, but the Syrian Antioch Church was the sending church, was the missions church that sent him out for his first mission, missionary journey. And it is also here that we, we see a change of name from Saul to Paul, right? If y'all notice that, Acts chapter 13, verse 9, Saul, also known, also called Paul, right? This, from this point onwards, he's no longer known as Saul. He's known as Paul. Okay, don't get confused, okay? He has two names. His name is Saul Paul. Okay, his name is really Saul Paul because Saul is actually his Jewish name. So when he was born, his father named him, gave him a Jewish name. And his Jewish name was Saul, right? And then when, when at the same time, because he was a Roman citizen, because he's a Roman citizen, he also has a Roman name. His father made sure that he had a Roman name so that it endorses him as a Roman citizen because it was a very powerful citizenship. And his, and his Roman citizenship name is called... Paul. So when he went to school, his friends would call him Paul, 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 because all the Roman kids are all running around as well. So Paul was his Roman name. Saul was his Jewish name. Now in this particular scripture from Acts chapter 13 verse 9 onwards, because the Bible tells us when he was called, the Lord called him to be ministers to the Gentiles, to, be minister, to, to minister and to preach the gospel to the Gentile. The apostle Luke, when he wrote this very uh, very purposefully, intentionally started referring him to Paul because it was a more relatable name to the outside world from the Jewish realm. So that was why his name was now called Paul. Okay? Very simple. Now we all know the story, we know the background, all right? And uh, so as I mentioned, this has been, this is also Mark's, Acts chapter 13 also Mark's, Paul's uh, first of four missionary journeys, three or four, we can call it four, the fourth one in the end, you know, he was, he was martyred, but uh, he died. So four, the, this is the first missionary journey that took place, and it took about two years, AD 47 to about AD 49. And what better place to go to than to the Isles of Cyprus? How many of you have been to Cyprus before? Okay, one, because Emmanuel... 
our dear Emmanuel, <laughs> no, our worship leader Emmanuel, she has been she has studied in Cyprus for several years and he's been working in Cyprus as well, doing his nursing masters and etc. So, you know, he, he has been in Cyprus and if I were to show you a picture of Cyprus today, Wow, <laughs> wow, you know, it's like, it's such a pretty place, my goodness, it's, it's, it's an island, okay, it's a beautiful island, and what a perfect place to start your first missions trip. I mean, if I were to be, if we were to open a trip uh, to Cyprus, I don't know, I'm sure the uptake would be very high. Like everybody wants to sign up, I want to go Cyprus, you know, and, uh, but, but this is, Cyprus today, but I think Cyprus in the past was not as developed, but it was a very beautiful island. But it's also the place, because Paul went out with Barnabas and John Mark, okay? So Barnabas is from Cyprus, and it was, of course, it's easy for them to go. Perhaps Barnabas said, come, come to my hometown. The people there need the Lord there. You know, please come to my hometown. I can I show you the way. I can, we can go together to where I used to hang out, wherever I used to go, grow up, and you can share the gospel there. We can do our ministry there. You know, so this was them going to Cyprus in this beautiful, beautiful, beautiful country and uh, beautiful, sorry, beautiful island. And it was just going to be a powerful time. You know, but then because this is an island, we also know they had island mentality lah. Right? You know how it is when we go to Penang, it's very different when the people there. <laughs> yeah, so I'm sure it was not an easy, easy task for him to go to, to Cyprus to preach the gospel, right? And anyway, he went as the Lord, the Holy Spirit led them. They went to Cyprus. They traveled all the way from the east all the way to the west. And... Um, I think your first missionary journey will always be something that, is, that will stick in your heart and in your spirit. Your first missionary trip, mission trip. And I, I, my first mission trip was unfortunately not to Cyprus, but was to Bangladesh. And I spent an entire month in Bangladesh. Yeah, one whole month. Because that time, BCM, because I took a minor in missions, it was a requirement for me to stay in a nation, in a foreign nation for one month. For that missions practicum, and uh, it was one of the most enriching moments of my life to be there for a month amongst the people, living with them, eating with them, and just getting to know them. So you know, your first mission missions trip, right? Is always something very powerful. So I pray that when the missions borders open and when they announce for missions, right, for trips, I challenge you, go for your missions trip. It will change your life forever. It will change your life forever. When you come that close to the needs, it will always change your life. Amen? Yeah? So, that's what happened there. So, he went for his first mission trip. And um, <coughs> this portion of Scripture is very interesting because there are several observations that I saw from here that I, that I thought to myself, wow, as a result of all these things that are happening, right, we... we this portion of Scripture teaches us that we so need to be saturated and be filled with the Holy Spirit because we are up against so many issues, so many situations that are beyond us, beyond us and beyond the natural. When we need the supernatural in our lives to be able to overcome a lot of these things that are happening and that will happen, that will continue to happen in our everyday lives. Right? So let's, let's dive into the scripture. First and foremost, the first observation I saw is this. There are distractions. Distractions. So here we have verse 7. Here he, he was with, so the, the magician that they met was with the proconsul, Sergius Paulus, a man of intelligence who summoned Barnabas and Paul, Saul, sorry, and sought to hear the word of God. Now, it's very interesting because he, this guy, Sergius, called for Barnabas and Saul because he wanted to hear the word of God. He was hungry for the word of God. But he, and he really, really wanted to know more about this Jesus and, and you know, the, the miracles, the signs, and whatever it is that he's been hearing so much about. But what happened was this. There were distractions. And I think that Sergius Paulus is very much like you and like me. 
Every time you want to dwell deeper into the Word of God, every time we want to go further, we want to do something more for Jesus, there will be a lot more distractions that suddenly come in our way that causes us to be unable to focus, unable to draw close perhaps. So just Paulus wanted to, but then there was this other distraction that was in his way. He was his, like his ex- assistant. In those days, the Roman proconsul, which is actually meaning the Roman governor at that time, he was the Roman governor, the most powerful person in Cyprus at that time. He wanted to hear, but he also, you know, because being in this position, you have lots of decisions to make. And he wanted to have uh, advices around him. And one of the advices was this magician, this sorcerer, who could give him could give him, you know, answers in the supernatural realm, perhaps. So, you know, here we are, we have this guy who wants to know, but then, yet he's distracted by all the other things that that people are telling him, that this guy is telling him, decisions that need to be made. And similarly, in our lives, many times, when we want to get close to the Word of God, we get distracted by a lot of things ourselves. How many of you, how many times have you fallen asleep while reading the Word of God? Thank you. Three honest persons in the church. Thank you, Jesus. There is hope for glad tidings. How many of you have been, been distracted when we, we, we read the Word of God and we, we like, you know, halfway through, like, I'm totally lost and your mind wanders? Right, we have. I have. Especially when you're reading through the genealogies and you're reading through one generation, you'll be like, half, halfway through, you're like, pingo, pingo, who is who already? Eh? I can't even remember who is who. What, what, why did we even start this genealogy in the first place? And as we try to understand, and then, like Sergius Paulus, we want the truth, but we are also looking truth in other places. And when we start looking for truth in those other places, we get distracted because we get, we get overwhelmed by whether it's the news, whether it's medical reports, whether it's situations around us, whether it's distractions of fear, of whatever it may be. We get distracted. And it's so easy to get distracted and, and Satan continues to use distractions to draw us away from Him. The more you try to get close to God, the more the distractions will take place. And that is why you and I so need the power of the Holy Spirit to help us to continually draw close to God and have a relationship that is able to draw deep in spite of all this, you know, as we read the Word of God, before you start reading the Word of God, ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, please help me. Help me to understand your Word. Help me to know that there is purpose for this particular scripture that is being declared in my life or as I'm reading through, meditating through this, doing this devotion today, I really need the Holy Spirit. But you know what? Let me tell you this. Half of you in this room are already distracted. I've already lost you. Because the distraction is happening at every point of our lives. If I asked you what Pastor Sue preached on last week, half of you will not be able to tell me, huh? She preached, huh? Half of you are already thinking what you want to have for lunch. So hungry, are you? So cold today, why, yeah? And that's why we need the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. To help us stay focused, to help us stay close to the Lord. You know, I, um, after two years, two and a half years of surviving, of um, not, not contracting COVID, last weekend, last week, I just recovered from COVID. And I'm telling you, this sermon was one of the hardest sermons to prepare. Because this week, as I was recovering, trying to read, you know, actually even last weekend during the COVID, you know, I was trying to prepare and read. I read the commentaries, I read the verses, right? And I'm thinking to myself, I have to read it three, four times just to try to understand what two sentences mean. And that was how it has been. So if I'm speaking intelligibly to you, right, it is a miracle. Because... (laughs) 
<laughs> really, it is really a miracle. I am desperate for the Holy Spirit to, to move and to, to minister to you and I to, for me not to be distracted and for me not to have my mind wander because I couldn't concentrate. I absolutely couldn't concentrate preparing this sermon because I just cannot, it cannot go in. Then I asked several others who had also contracted COVID in the past and they said, yeah, 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 same thing. You know, how come I'm reading this thing three, four times and I cannot, I, I said, oh, okay, okay, I look like I'm not so weird after all. Muddled. CG leaders and all these leaders in your, in your, in your home groups, in the, in the connect groups, do you know how much you need the power of the Holy Spirit to help your members stay engaged? Because half of them have their cameras off, perhaps having K-drama on one side and listening to you on the other side. I pray not lah. We need the power of the Holy Spirit more than ever because we are dealing with a generation that is so easily distracted. There are so many things that catch our attention that causes us to think, to, to be, to, to our minds that are not able to focus on one thing for a long time. But the Holy Spirit can help us. The Holy Spirit can give us breakthrough. Just like at that point of time when Sergius Paulus was there, because the power of the Holy Spirit was moving, Paul knew how to get his attention. Paul knew how to get back his attention and let the Holy Spirit take reign in this situation. Amen. And I pray that this will be your prayer and my prayer, that we will have the power of the Holy Spirit every time we read the Word of God, when we feel like down. And we feel, hey, you know what? Let me, let me encourage you this. When we are reading through the genealogies and we feel like we had no ideas what in the what idea, the only thing that I always remind myself when we read through all those things is to see the faithfulness of God from one generation to another generation to another generation. You may not remember every one of those names. You may not even be able to pronounce any one of those, every one of those names. But it's every time I read them, I'm saying, wow, this was the son of this, 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 this is the end, the son of this, who was the what, 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 what? It's okay, I cannot remember, so I can remember. But you can see, it's the lineage of the greatness of God as they put God in their lives, how God has guided one generation to another generation to another generation. Amen? Yeah? So let's ask the Holy Spirit. We need to be saturated with the Holy Spirit so that we can understand His Word, draw near to the Word of God, and allow the Word of God to continually change us every single day. Can somebody say amen? Amen? Amen. Okay, let's go on to the second observation that I see. <coughs> A second observation here is distractions. Mm. Eh, sorry. What was the first one is distractions. The second one, you see, I'm, I'm also... Bleh. Deterrent. Deterrent. Verses 6 to 8, the Bible tells us there, there was a Jewish sorcerer whose name was Bar-Jesus, which is translated as son of Jesus. Wow. Bar-Jesus, which is translated as son of Jesus. And here we have this man here who is a Jewish man. And I had to understand this, you know, very, very, like, I had to read it several times because Jewish people generally, right, if they are really pious Jewish people, they actually don't like sorcery, they don't like all these, you know, all these uh, um, divination and all these things. So they are, because they are really, really honouring the Word of God type of people. So to have someone who is a Jewish sorcerer, of course, they call him, he was a false prophet as well, it is something that, which means he has allowed other teachings to also come into his life. Okay? He, is not just, he is not just focused on, on the Word of God and living his life according to the Torah. He also has allowed other teachings to come into his life and influenced him and used these teachings that he has learned to his advantage. So now he's an advisor to the governor of Cyprus. I'm sure he received much favour and a lot of uh, uh, perks, perhaps, and you know, his position was there, to, he's walking next to the, uh, to the governor, you know, he's like a man of power and, and position. Now, before we judge Sergius Paulus, eh, sorry, before we judge what's his name, Bar-Jesus, I want to ask us, have we been 
like Bar Jesus. What do I mean? God has placed you wherever He has placed you, whether in your homes, whether in your offices, whether in your, in your uh, career, your business, or whatever it is. But, and just like this brother Jesus, He would have grown up learning the Torah, learning all the Word, and understanding it, memorizing the Word. Brother Jesus made little to no impact in Sergius Paulus' life. And that was why Sergius Paulus was still so curious. He wanted to hear the word of God from Barnabas and Saul. God has placed you where you're at so that your life, whatever you do, will be a testimony for Him. But by Jesus, instead of drawing so just Paulus closer to God, at least even with the Jewish teaching, right? Did nothing like that. And the Bible says he tried to stop Barnabas and Saul from going there because he was trying to keep this proconsul away from the faith. He was being a deterrent, he was being a stumbling block. Wow. What does a stumbling block mean? It refers to something or someone who keeps another from stumbling block is a person who keeps something or someone who keeps another from a relationship with God. <coughs> That's what a stumbling block is. Have you and I been stumbling blocks in the lives of people around us? Instead of living lives that are glorifying God, that are honouring God, that are, that are being a testimony, the way we talk, our actions, our character, our attitudes, do not reflect Him at all. Our lack of faith, our negativity, our whatever it is, you know, that we, that we have allowed to enter into our lives, you know, our, perhaps some of us are also like this Jewish guy has allowed all these other teachings to also be in our lives. The syncretism, you know, we're trying to blend everything together. Superstitions, perhaps, that are still not cleared from our minds. And when people look at us, we're like, they're like, what's so different about this fellow? You know, this is supposed to be a Christian. What is so different? about being a Christian. By Jesus bore the name of Jesus. We may have a Christian name, David, wow. Nice name, nice Christian name. We may bear the name of Jesus, but yet not live our lives according to His word and according to how, and, and honoring Him in our everyday lives. And that is super scary for me because all of us are, are susceptible to it. All of us are susceptible to doing things like this by the words we do, by the actions that we say, by, by actions, the actions that we do and the words that we say. It, all these things, right, are very evident. People see it, people, do, people know. And sometimes as you, as you leave a, a company or leave or whatever and then you say, oh, I'm doing this, I'm going, I'm going for a mission trip perhaps. And then they'll be like, huh, you're a Christian, deterrent, committing spiritual suicide is bad enough. What is a spiritual suicide? That means we ourselves don't live up to, that, to His name and having all these things that we are still dealing with, right? That is, itself is an issue. But if you are bringing others down with you, it's something of great eternal consequence. Do the people around you turn to you and recognize that there is something different in your life? 
your neighbours that are sold in the market. Your business partners, your colleagues, your bosses. Or do we blend in, like Sergius, like Bar Jesus, he blended in so that he can curry favour with his boss. Francis Chan wrote a book entitled Forgotten God, Reversing Our Tragic Neglect of the Holy Spirit. That's his book. Forgotten God, Reversing the Tragic Neglect of the Holy Spirit. If I were you, I won't read the book. It's a terrible book. It's terrible because it is convicting. <laughs> it's terrible because it will cause you to think and think and think, what have I been doing with my life? Have I been totally surrendered to the Lord in my life? Or do I still have power? Do I still control every area of my life? Do I allow all these other things to muddle in my life that I'm not living it fully for the Lord? Today, I want to challenge, that, challenge this church, our church. Online, on-site, we need the power of the Holy Spirit to fill us. Because you know what? To live a life that is walking in Christ-likeness is not something that you and I can do in the natural way. You can try and try and try. Yes, you can try. You know, of course, there are certain things which you discipline and you put it into place and habitually it will then come to pass, right? But a lot of times then it becomes very so routine and so, you know, like regimented that it does not, it's not filled with the Spirit. When to live a life that is filled with the Spirit and that honours the Lord every step of the way, that people will see you as salt and light wherever He has placed you, you so need, I so need the power of the Holy Spirit. I so need to be filled and saturated with the Holy Spirit that whatever decisions I say, do, and, and whatever things that I say, it will be so laced and so covered with the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's true at every level, no matter how young or old you are. Because God has placed us in our families, in our situations for a purpose that you will be an influence in people's lives. Not just sit there and be happy with our salvation and that's it. We are saturated, we are saved, we are saturated and we are sent out. And you are sent out, your missions field is where you are tomorrow is where you are after this. Today, as you're filled with the Holy Spirit, let's not be spirit, spiritual gluttons. We need to be so filled so that we are being sent out and we will make an impact, not be a deterrent and not be a stumbling block. Amen? I pray that we will never be, 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 we will never, you know, be, be a person that will draw people away from the presence, repel people away from the presence of God, from the Word of God, because they are so ashamed or disgusted at our attitudes, at the way we speak and the way we act. Gosh, God forbid. God forbid. And that's why we all need more and more of the Holy Spirit of our, in our lives every single day. Every single day. Amen? Come on, type in the chat. I need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And believe it in your heart. We need to be filled with the Holy Spirit every single day so that we live lives that will honour and bring glory to His name. Can somebody say amen? Amen. Come on, let's give Him the praise this morning. And the third observation is this. We so need to be filled with the Holy Spirit because we need discernment. 
We need discernment. Verses 9 to 11. I don't have it here, but let me read that to you. Verses 9 to 11 tells us that Saul, who was called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, right? Because so the magician tried to stop Sergius Paulus from getting close to Saul and to, to Barnabas. Do you know why? Because if Sergius Paulus actually gets converted, he will lose his job. He, there will be no longer a need for a spiritual advisor. That guy can go straight to God for advice and for, for, a, for whatever, you know, for, for, for wisdom, etc. So, to, in order for him to keep his job, he was trying to keep this Sergius Paulus from Saul and from Barnabas. Okay, so what happened was this. Now, Saul, verse 9, but Saul, who was also called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked intently at him and said, you son of the devil, you enemy of all righteousness, full of deceit and villainy, will you not stop making crooked the straight paths of the Lord? And now behold, the hand of the Lord is upon you and you will be blind and unable to see the sun for a time. Immediately the mist of darkness fell upon him and he went about seeking people to lead him by the hand. So wow, you know, when we're filled with the Holy Spirit, we become this lovey-dovey, weak and, you know, all accepting. You know, of course, Paul started saying, I'm sorry, saying to the magician, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, maybe we'll come back later. Looks like now is not a good time to talk about anything to Sergius Paulus, you know. It's okay, you know, we'll... did, he, did he do that? No. Paul looked at this by Jesus intently in his eyes and rebuked him. And it sounded really, really harsh. Not because he was trying to be rude to by Jesus, but he, had, he was filled with the Holy Spirit and had the discernment in the Holy Spirit to recognize that this was not just a normal opposition. This was an opposition that had, that had Satan in the picture and was trying to blind the eyes of Sergius Paulus. So when Paul did what he did, when he called him, he said, you son of the devil. What was his name supposed to be? Bar Jesus is supposed to be son of Jesus. But instead of referring him to his name, to Bar Jesus, you Bar Jesus, no. You son of the devil. You son of the devil. Stop your crookedness. Stop your villainy. Stop. Wow, I'll be very scared if the Holy Spirit, you know, rebukes me that way, right? And tells me, Gwen, shut up! Driving people away from the gospel by how you act and how you speak and what you're doing. I'll be like... And he pronounced blindness on him. Why? There was a purpose. Because the physical blindness, what he was trying to do was try to blind Sergius Paulus from the spiritual truth. And therefore more than anything that is familiar to him, because Paul himself was blinded for several days. So he, don't know what else, probably don't know how else God can move, right? Can, yeah, yeah, as I was blind, he also would be blind. Blind for a few days! Then you understand what I'm talking about. So, by Jesus became blind. I'm saying this to us. A lot of us may be going through spiritual things, attacks, Challenges that are in our lives. When you start trying to do what is right in the presence of the Lord, there are many times there are oppositions that will start cropping up. There will be many times that there will be hindrances, that there will be things that are happening. And a lot of times, these are not just your natural, so happen, it's like this kind of situation. It's not a coincidence. The Bible tells us, in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against cosmic powers over the present darkness, against spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. Can I have that verse up? Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. 
That's what it says, that we are going through whatever we are going through. We are not wrestling against all these things, but we are wrestling against, against the rulers, against the authorities, against cosmic powers over the present darkness, against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. You and I are... In, uh, every day there are spiritual darkness and spiritual things that are happening around us to de de deter us, to distract us from living our lives to, that will honour Him and that will proclaim His name. And some of us are going through situations repeatedly. There are one, one hindrance after another hindrance, another situation after another situation. And you're thinking to yourself, you're so frustrated. God, I am trying I am trying, but why is it not working out as, I, as I'm hoping it to work out? Why do you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit so that you'll be able to discern how to pray correctly and how to rebuke correctly in the mighty name of Jesus? We're not here to be afraid of what the devil is up to. And it's not a surprise if he's up to something if you are doing things that are right before God. He doesn't want you, everything that he does, all the challenges that are in our lives, everything that happens is fashioned to cause you to quit. It's fashioned to cause you to say, it's too hard to be a Christian. It's too hard to live a life that honours God. Here I am trying to honour God, but God, the temptations are here, the frustrations are here, and it's just so easy to say, to let go. And say, forget it, I can't do this. Look at others, they're not honouring God, but they get the deals. Look at others, they're not, their children are blessed. They don't have health issues. Everything that is fashioned against you tries to cause you to fail. And that's why you and I need so much of the power of the Holy Spirit to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Paul, right, he doesn't go around simply rebuking people, okay? He doesn't do that. It is when he is caused, there was a cause for doing this, he recognized that this was more than just a natural thing. It was not just out of conceit or whatever. It is out of, it was a spiritual attack. And he recognized that it was a spiritual attack and he addressed it in the face. You son of the devil. I don't know what situations that you are going through. But perhaps some of you are going through situations where it is just impossible to explain why things are happening the way they are happening. They are impossible to explain. You try and think about it, you try and whatever, it is impossible to explain. When. Why one thing after another, one thing after another? You know the Bible tells us right in, in Isaiah, 59, when the, the enemy will come like a flood, like when the enemy comes like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against him. And when he, which means it's not just one time, it's not a small drizzle. It's a flood. Waters are rising, and it's not the type of water that we want to be in. We're going through situations upon situations where it looks like it's a flood. It's destroying our property. It's destroying our lives. It's disrupting things around us. But be encouraged. The Bible says when the enemy comes to you like a flood, God raises up his standard against him. Can somebody say amen? Oh, come on. We've got to be more convinced than that that the power of God is greater is He that is in you than He that is in the world. Don't quit. In the midst of all the fight, when you know what you are doing is right before the Lord, You need the power of the Holy Spirit to give you that strength to carry on. You need the power of the Holy Spirit to help you to pray through that situation. To give you supernatural understanding of what is happening. Everything is not so black and white because there is a spirit realm that is involved.
The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 54, verse 17, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Amen. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Or here it says, fashion, oh see, no weapon fashioned against you shall succeed. You see, the Bible, the devil will fashion challenges that are according to you. It's tailor-made for you. And because he knows what's going to hurt you most, he knows what's going to affect you most. Things that affect me may not affect you in the same way. The Bible here doesn't say there will be no weapon that will be fashioned against you. It says there will be weapons that will be fashioned against you. But, you shall not succeed. Or another version says, it shall not prosper. Yep. There will be challenges, there will be attacks. And they are fashioned for you. That's terrible. That's how, that's, that's the devil that we are dealing with, okay? And there is no way we can deal with the devil with our own flesh, with our own strength. The only way that we can deal with the spirit realm and the spirit, spiritual warfare is through the power of the Holy Spirit. You need to be so filled with the Holy Spirit, saturated with the Holy Spirit. You need to be so sensitive to the Holy Spirit and you recognize that there are some things that you need to stand your ground and say, no, this is not what God has intended for me to go through. In the mighty name of Jesus, I rebuke this. I rebuke this situation. I rebuke what, how I'm feeling. I rebuke what the situation is causing me, how it's causing me to feel and how depressed I'm go, what I'm going through inside in Jesus' name. That's the only way to overcome. We need to be filled every single day. Not sekali sekala, once in a while, no. Every single day. Because the moment we walk out of here, trust me, the fiery darts will start shooting. But you put on the full armor of God. And you'll be filled with the Holy Spirit so that you'll be able to withstand everything that He tries to fashion against you. That's the only way. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. <coughs> Thank you, Lord. Let's ask the Holy Spirit to fill us once again. Fill us every single day till we're overflowing. So that when we walk out wherever we are, when we read the Word of God, that we will be able to understand it, receive it, and be, be so filled with it, be able to draw near to God every day of our lives so that we will live lives that are God-honoring, God-fearing. We will not be a stumbling block ever to those around us. And that we will be able to discern what is of spirit and what is not of the spirit. Amen. Let's lift our hands to the Lord as the worship team leads us. Holy Spirit 
every power, every darkness, every principality, every satanic move that is trying to kill, to steal, and to destroy. We come against it in the mighty name of Jesus. And no weapon formed against your children shall prosper. And God, you begin to reverse the order of things, oh God. You will begin, oh God, to cause them, oh God, to see that, God, that there is a miracle that is about to take place, a breakthrough that is about to take place. The Holy Spirit, you come. Give them discernment in the Spirit, of God, to dare to stand by the truth of God. And they will stand by the authority of the Word of God, and they will stand by the authority of the name of Jesus. Because there is no greater name than the mighty name of Jesus. We lift up high the name of Jesus and no other name. Every sickness, every demonic attack will have to leave in Jesus' name. Every attack, every weapon will be destroyed in Jesus' name. We will not be a pushover for Satan. We will not stand and allow Satan to rob us of joy, of peace, of love we pray right now in the mighty name of Jesus that God your children will experience victory upon victory in their lives that Lord truly God we want to believe oh God that you will raise up a standard against him for us you are fighting for us God you are fighting for us and if God is for us who can be against us Thank you, Lord. And I pray right now that, Lord, the Holy Spirit will fill each and every one of us afresh every single day. Saturate us from the crown of our heads to the tip of our toe right now. Receive the Holy Spirit right now, every single one of you. Receive that special, another infilling of the Holy Spirit, the saturation of the Holy Spirit in your lives. That God, it will cause us, Father, to be able to draw dear, dearer and nearer to you, O oh God, every single day of our lives and to live out lives that will honour and bring glory to your name. Only you can do it, Lord. Only you can help us. We thank you. We give you all the honour and we give you all the glory and all the praise. And the people of God declare, Amen and Amen and Amen. Remember, go forth with the power of the Holy Spirit every day of your life. And I'll see you next week. If you want a seat right here, come early. And if not, there is space in MPA and also in Hall 1. God bless you. 9 a.m. service for the entire church. God bless you.